0: Hey Weirdos, I'm Alina. I'm Ash. And this is Morbid. It is indeed, my friend. It is. Uh, we're going to get right into the story today. It's an Ash tale today. But mm. um, before we what do... It, what is it? It's an Ash-centric tale today, excuse Thank me. You. But before we do, we just wanted to uh, mention that there's a lot of shit going on right now in the world, and it's pretty rough, and it's got everybody feeling some type of way, mm-hmm. including us. Mm-hmm. Um And we just wanted to say that we stand with the rights of people with uteruses and anyone else who is infected, affected, affected by this entire thing. 100%. Um, It feels like we've all been infected with like hatred. So that's happened. I think the the whole country has. Yeah, I think, um, I think we're we're definitely going to do something. We're going to take some kind of action. We're going to let you guys know uh, when we have gathered up what we're going to do. But we really just wanted to say that you know, like everybody deserves the right to their own body. And that's how we feel. Um, If you don't feel that way, that's your business, but that's how we feel. So we just wanted to say that. And, you know, just everybody, just can everybody be fucking nice to each other? Like, God. We say this all the time. Yeah. It just just is getting worse and worse out there. And I I keep seeing, you know, it's been, I will say like my TikTok especially is like just this flood of creators that are just supporting each other and like supporting people with uteruses and people who are affected with this. And it's been a very nice thing to see, but I hate that we have to do it. And it's, but you know what, that's what we're going to say about that. Yeah. And keep your eye out because we're going to be announcing something that we want to do to like help in any way that we possibly can so just to take action because it, it, yeah. it feels it feels uh it feels very helpless and hopeless to just sit here and say wow this sucks yeah. so well and with people with uteruses the two of us yeah want to do something of course it feels like we should it yeah. feels like we have to and obviously we've been very open about being um a very lgbtqia plus positive podcast Duh. and um we want to make sure that you know Th- this doesn't trickle out any further, so... Yeah, because that's getting a little scary as I'm planning my wedding. Exactly. So we we just wanted to put that out there. We're going to work hard to do what we can, um, and I'm sure everybody else is too. We're all in this together. High fives to all of us. Like, let's be, you know, warriors together. And um, outside of that, we're going to get right into the episode. We are. We are going to Price, Utah today, Elena. We sure are. Let's and- go we are starting off in price utah at night in 1970 all right so it's what do you always say get in your way back machine Get in the way back machine there you go buckle up to the time when ash should have been alive oh god <laughs> maybe not like here but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but at the, the 70s the 70s for sure i i wish but here we are in, in, <laughs> here we are in the 20s <laughs> all right well price let's talk about price utah back then it was a pretty safe place to live and it was a great place as far as loretta jones was concerned to raise her four-year-old daughter heidi Uh, loretta was a single young mom at just 23 years old she had so much on her plate she was taking accounting classes she was being a full-time mom but guess what she was getting the fucking job done and her daughter heidi who again was four years old absolutely adored her mother. They had like this close bond, the two of them. Now she remembered being with her mom, like following her around the house as Loretta would do, like ironing or cooking household chores. And she remembered getting ice cream with her mom and how much Loretta loved to listen to music. Like she'd put on the radio and just dance all around the house. I love that core memories. Yes. Like beautiful core memories. And All of Heidi's memories of her mother up until the morning of July 21st, excuse me, 31st, 1970, they're precious memories that every kid should have with their mom, like memories that they can just reminisce on later in life and just like have a good time being like, oh, my gosh, mom, do you remember when we used to do this? You know, but unfortunately, that was not the case for Heidi or Loretta. They were robbed of that opportunity. When Heidi woke up at four years old on July 31st, 1970, she remembered that she was scared. And she wasn't so sure what exactly she was scared of, but there was just this feeling in the air that freaked her out. And she was so apprehensive that she actually peeked out of the keyhole of her bedroom door before venturing out into the living room. That's wild. At four, she already had that like intuitive sense. Our bodies do. Yeah. They totally do. We just don't listen to them as adults. That's the thing. But kids do. And that's, well, that's why kids are way more subject to like paranormal activity Mm -hmm. and things like that. Because they're just open. They are. So Heidi looks through the keyhole of her room, and so she's like in her room looking out into the living room. And when she peeks through, she sees that somebody's lying on the floor in blood. And when she opens up that door to inspect a bit closer, she realizes that the someone lying on the floor was her mother, twenty-three-year-old Loretta oh Jones. My God, and she was four. Four years old. Oh. So she ran outside to see if she could get any help. And that's when she saw one of her neighbors out in his front yard. He was like a little kid. And in every source, it says that he was looking for bugs and critters just to use as bait to go fishing later that day. And I just feel like that is such a good example of how you can just be so totally oblivious to like what other people might be going through. And like, you know, you might just be having a perfectly great day and this is what's going on next door. You have no idea what's happening. The perfect example of, again, And why we should always treat others with kindness. Mm -hmm. So when Heidi ran up to the boy, she told him, I think my mommy is dead. Oh, my God. Which ruined me reading that. Oh. So the boy runs over to her house with her and they peek into the doorway and he's like, I think you're right. So he runs. He tells his parents they take Heidi in and they call the police. And when the police arrived, there was no doubt that Loretta Jones had died. She had been murdered. She was lying in a pool of her own blood on her own living room floor. My God. So immediately the police wondered if this case had anything to do with an incident that they'd actually been called to the night before, just a couple blocks away from Loretta and Heidi's home. Ooh. So a few blocks away, a 10-year-old girl named Lori Kulo was outside playing with her brother and his friend. And the brother and his friend were out in the front yard playing, and she was in the same area, but she was kind of riding her bike, I think, out in the street. Doesn't sound like it was very busy it was like later at night so yeah. she's doing little loops on her bike and apparently the two boys didn't realize that she was still outside when they went back inside and it actually took Lori a few minutes too to realize that she was outside alone and she was like oh like it's dark out i gotta get inside so she starts to head in for the night but as she's doing so she sees a man out of the corner of her eye and she just thinks for a second like registers that and she immediately noticed his his hat. It was a bright yellow hat, and it had some kind of bold floral print all over it. Hmm. Now, before she knew it, this man came rushing toward her, what? grabbed her from behind. <gasps> she was struggling to get away with him or uh, from him because the way that he grabbed her made it so that both of her arms were behind her back. Oh my god! And he had a hand over her mouth. Now luckily she was able to actually get her hand away from her mouth for like a split second and i read in a couple sources that it was because she was chewing bubble gum and she pushed the bubble gum out of her mouth as she was screaming oh my god so he must have like taken his hand to yeah like not knowing what it was Mm -hmm. so as he let his hand away for like a split second she let out like a blood curling scream and the man let go of her instantly and started running away from her. Good. Just as Lori's brother and his friend were coming outside to see why the heck she was screaming. So she quickly tells him, she points in the direction. She's like, this man tried to grab me. So the boys run off after him, but it's too late. Oh. But something they noticed too was this man's yellow hat because it had fallen off as he was running away. And he actually even took a second to pick it up and like grab it up as he was running away. Which is wild that he chose to wear that hat to do th- these horrible things yeah. that he definitely did yeah yeah it is so this man managed to get away that night but this man would end up serving time for the attempted abduction Good. and eventually they would get him on murder charges oh same man it might just take 46 years to do the latter holy shit 46 years 46 years So back at Loretta and Heidi's home, which obviously by now had become a crime scene, the investigators are trying to piece some kind of sequence of of events together. So they're looking around the home and they see that there's no sign of forced entry. So Hmm. right off the bat, they're like, we're pretty sure Loretta must have known the person who had done this to her. Like, it seems like somebody must have knocked on the door that night, been invited in, or made their way in once the door was opened for yeah. them. So they're like, maybe she knew this person enough to open the door for them. But you don't know. Anybody can knock on your door. And in the 70s, I'm sure like people weren't like they are now. People yeah. were just opening doors for people. I know. I mean, who knows? The door might have even been locked. Yeah. Now, you would, you'd be like, oh, yeah, no. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. no one answers the door now. Me and Drew look at each other and we're like, no. Yeah, no, it's not happening. Because nine out of ten times, it's those solar panel people. Always. And I'm like, they, they don't let you go. No, they don't. You know. But anyways. <laughs> you know. You know. <laughs> So in asking around town, they were able to find out that Loretta had been casually dating this man named Thomas Eggley. Now, apparently he and Loretta had been set up on a blind date. They went on to see each other for about two months and Tom had been to Loretta's house during this time and he'd met Heidi, meaning Heidi obviously would have recognized him if she saw him. But the thing, the, the dating thing didn't work out between them and they broke up. Now, Tom was a little bit of a drifter, and at the time that he was connected uh, to Loretta, he was known to be living at a local hotel called the New House in Helper, Utah. Mm. They say time waits for no one, and in my opinion, neither should Payday. To keep your money moving in the direction of your dreams, get Earnin'. Earnin' is the app that's helping millions of Americans to feel self-sufficient without falling into debt traps. It's an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earnin app and verify your paycheck, then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid in your next paycheck. I think earnin' is helpful in so many different ways. You could get ready for like a special night out. You know, Valentine's Day, I think it was on like a Tuesday. What if your payday's Friday? No worries. If you have earnin', you can pay for that Valentine's Day dinner. So download earnin' today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the earnin' app, type in morbid under podcast when you sign up. It'll really help the show. Morbid under podcast. Subject to your available earnings location, daily max, and pay period. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust member FDIC. Unlike other programs, Noom Weight uses a psychology-based approach to help people better understand their relationship with food. It teaches them how to be more mindful of the way that they eat and gives them the skills and knowledge that they need to build long-lasting, positive habits. That's so important personally my experience in the past is just being super duper overwhelmed when I start the process of like you know getting back into my health grind it's super intimidating heading back to the gym just like period you have to familiarize yourself with the equipment you have to like run into old people that you know from high school it's just like ah. and then the wellness industry is throwing things at you left and right they're like take this supplement put this on your feet drink this juice in the morning except you have to have 17 per week and it's like whoa 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 I can't keep up with all that and that's why I love Noom. Noom believes that the only place you really need to start with is your mind and doesn't that sound like so much easier than doing all that other crazy stuff? With Noom Weight, you're going to take a a path toward better health one lesson at a time. Their psychology-based approach helps you change the way that you think about food and health rather than demanding that you change your entire freaking lifestyle. Me, when I first started with Noom, I was like, Whoa, I didn't realize that there was like actual psychological meaning behind all the different choices that I make. Like, I, I don't know. I always feel like I have to finish my plate because that's how I grew up as a kid. You had to finish what was on your plate. So over the years, I wouldn't listen to my cues that were coming from my body, like, hey, girl, you're full. No, you, you don't need one more spoonful. Of, no, no, put that down. I wasn't listening. I, I was following rules from my childhood. But ever since I've realized that, I've recognized it. It's become so much easier to listen to my body. And now I know when I'm done. I'm enjoying exercise so much more than I used to because I'm eating cleaner and I'm fueling my body and looking at exercise as like something that my body is capable of instead of a stupid punishment if I have an extra treat. Noom feels totally catered to my personal experience and I am so appreciative about that because Noom doesn't believe in restricting what you can and can't eat. Instead, Noom Noom gives you the knowledge and wisdom that you need to make informed choices to help you get closer to reaching your goals. Noom understands building long-term positive habits can be hard and filled with ups and downs. That is why Noom believes that it's about progress and not perfection, because everybody's journey looks different. Start building better habits today. Sign up for your trial at noom.com slash morbid. That's noo slash morbid to sign up for your free trial. Now, when the detectives learned that Loretta had been dating a man called either Tom or Thomas, it raised their eyebrows a little bit because... Heidi told the police the day they stepped on the scene that a man named Tom had done this to her mother. What? Yep. Holy shit. So after she had to move out, obviously, she moved in with her grandparents. She would tell her grandmother that Tom was responsible. She said, there's a man in our house that there was a man in our house the night that mommy died. And she said before she found him, the man was telling Loretta he was going to kill her. my god and this poor little girl heard this she must have heard it and she swore the man was tom i'm thinking that must have been why she was so scared when she woke up the next morning yeah or it might have been just a combination of that and like the energy in the air from what had happened yeah i'm sure it was just everything but she was definitely feeling it from that i mean geez at four years old yeah my goodness. So Heidi tells her grandmother her grandmother, this information on a few different occasions, and her account was always the same. And it was so convincing to her grandmother that she called the police and told them what Heidi had been saying. Yeah. So now Heidi has said this to them, and then the grandmother has called and said, she's still saying this. Yeah. It's always Tom. It's always the same thing. So the police are obviously interested in this. Yeah. And then on top of that, going just beyond a four-year-old's word, they also received an anonymous phone call from somebody saying that a man named Tom Egley, who lived at the New House Hotel, should be looked into. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's look at Tom. So, so <laughs> wanting to know who the hell this Tom character is yeah. and what he's capable of, they make their way over to Newhouse Hotel and they're like, hey, Tom, they track him down. They're like, you want to come down to the station with us and answer a couple of questions? He agrees. He goes with them, but he was not interested in telling them pretty much anything. He said, I was in Price that day. Like, yep, I was there the day she was killed, but I had a couple drinks. I went window shopping and I ate a hamburger. Okay. But other than that, he was like, I want a lawyer if you're going to ask me anything else. Ugh. Which uh, I literally wrote, ugh, ugh. Like, I know, like, that's smart. You're supposed to do that. But like, ugh. I know. God. And that's the thing, like, you want to get mad and be like, well, obviously you're guilty. But you're supposed to do that. But there's been so <laughs> many cases where we've been like, they, you need, they need a lawyer. Like, oh my God, they're innocent. Yeah. The first thing I think of is um the beauty queen murder, Nor- Nona. Yes. And how her boyfriend there, like, it was like, yeah. oh my God, get him a lawyer. Like, like he's <laughs> innocent someone get him a freaking lawyer like it was like right. now it's it's so ironic though to look yeah. at your two feelings about it it's a it's an internal bias that you don't even realize you have until you utilize it on both sides definitely so they were able to question him a few more times but he just would not budge about Loretta and thinking back to the abduction the attempted abduction of little Lori Kulo the investigators still wondered if the two attacks were connected so they had Tom come stand in a lineup and they brought Lori and her brother in to see if he could be identified so both laurie and her brother identified tom egley as the man who had tried to grab her and take her away there was not a single doubt in their minds what a piece of shit a piece of actual shit oh a man who just rushes at a little girl to just pluck her out of a yard like like what you're a fucking monster it'll get even creepier later oh, don't God. even worry oh i'm worried i, I was gonna say do <laughs> i you know. was like i'm still gonna worry <laughs> you were like why would you say that <laughs> i'm gonna continue to worry well luckily tom is promptly arrested and booked on assault charges on august 6th and while the police had him squared away in jail they continued to try to link him to loretta's murder with some kind of definity they're like they had a feeling but they were like we have to need like something. definitively do this we need some kind of evidence that yeah. ties him here so they spoke to a woman who worked at a local bar, the Highway Rendezvous Club. I would love to go there. Of course you would. Highway Rendezvous? Like, let's go. No, thank you. This woman, yeah, I, I knew that. I oh, even, I'm going to set that one out. I didn't that. even ask you to come. I was like, I know okay. she won't. You won't come. So the woman said, the bartender said, that she had not only seen Tom at the bar that night, but she also noticed the shirt that he was wearing. Hmm. It was covered in reddish pinkish dots. Okay. Yeah. Something else that she was sure to share with the police was that he was very eager to get a ride home from somebody that night, which was weird because the hotel that she knew he lived at was only about three blocks away. So Hmm. she was like, why aren't you just walking there like you always do? Yeah, But he was so adamant and eventually he did find somebody to bum a ride from. And the bartender said that he and the person left around midnight. Now, I couldn't find anything to see to say that the investigators were able to track down the person who drove Tom home that night, but the helpful information does not end there. The thought about that yellow hat came back up in the investigators' minds, the one that, he, that Tom had been clearly wearing when he was trying to abduct Lori. So a witness came to the police and told them Tom had that hat hanging up on a hook right next to his door where he lived at the hotel. Are you shitting me? And I told you it was going to get creepier. Lori's brother told the police that he had actually seen Tom not only wearing that yellow hat as he was running away from them, but he realized that he'd actually seen Tom before Lori was even attacked. Creepiest fucking thing. He was sitting across the street under a streetlight watching them play all while eating a hamburger. Are you fucking kidding me? Now, like, I know a lot of people eat hamburgers. Like, I'm fully willing to admit that. But, but like, he said. He offered up that information. He offered up that information. And that hat is unique. I don't know why the fuck he chose that hat, but I'm glad he's an idiot. Seriously. Like, why like I'm glad a, he's a, stupid. A bright yellow hat with flowers, floral on it. print. Like, and it's not just like a. Um, later on, we're going to find out that it's a welder's cap. Okay. So it's like a very. Because it has like that little flap on the back. A very distinct. It's a very distinct hat, even very, if it didn't have that print. Somebody yeah. might remember it, you know? That's wild. The fact that he's just sitting across the street under a street light, eating a fucking hamburger, watching you guys play. Oh my god, I would... I would like throttle that guy if yeah. I saw him staring at my kids in the oh and the thing is it's like we don't know creep. if he was like staring like he might have just like looked over and it's like but he's standing under a street like no, oh, no man creep. should be standing across from kids doing anything. No. Walk away. No. But think of that as like a little kid, like you're playing there and you just see some guy like sitting eating a hamburger. You're, yeah, not you're gonna, gonna, like, think too much of it. No kid would think that. That's like what children I mean. don't think that, but like oh and my then god. It turns out to be the guy that like later on like, tries to abduct the little girl. Like, oh so crazy so tom was officially arrested on august 31st just 25 days after he was booked on the assault charges by tom for murder hell yeah for murder but the unfortunate thing obviously is that dna testing was still so new Mm -hmm. so pretty much all of the evidence against him was circumstantial they weren't able to get any telling dna off of the clothes that he provided them with And there was no way to determine whether the semen that had been found on Loretta's body was a match to him or not. But they did find semen on her body. Oh, what a fucking pig. So during his arraignment, it was determined that he was indigent. So like meaning he didn't have any money to pay for an attorney. So an attorney was appointed for him. Now, this man turned out to be Thorit Hatch, who actually had been a defense counsel for the Utah House of Representatives. Damn. Yeah. So like he knows what he's doing a little bit. What a name, too. Oh yeah, Thor! <laughs> yeah, you have to be a defense attorney. I don't know what else you could be. The unfortunate thing, though, is that he played a pivotal role in Tom getting out of prison because you. Shit! See, so he was really good at his job. Is he what was you're saying. really good at his job. Yeah, but you see, the day that the preliminary hearing was set to commence on October eighth, the prosecutor Dan Keller asked the judge Tom Platis, I believe is how you say it could we please postpone this? Because the prosecution had just tracked down some people in Kansas who knew Loretta and Tom, so obviously they want to talk to them and get a statement from them. It might be a key piece of information in the trial. For sure. Now, in addition to that, the chief of police wasn't going to be able to testify because he was taking some kind of class in New York, like some kind of law enforcement class. I would think that you would want the chief of police there. You would think. And lastly, some of the FBI reports that they felt could be crucial to the case weren't finished up yet. So the defense attorney, Hatch, he said, no, you're violating Tom's civil rights. He's been in jail so long and we haven't even reached a a preliminary hearing yet. Like you're infringing on his rights. To like a a speedy trial. A speedy trial. Exactly. So he told the judge that the prosecution had plenty of time to make their case against Tom and said, if the state has not prepared its case by now, my client should be released. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I said that is that's what you say in court. That's what the judge said. He said shut, shut up. Shut up. Like hesitantly. Shut up Sh- you. Shut up for it. <laughs> Well, actually, pretty much. The judge (laughs) let the prosecution have some more time. He was like, all right, Thorit, I Cool. So he was like, shut up, (laughs) Thorit. Yeah, he was. And he rescheduled this hearing to November 5th, meaning that they would have about a month to get their shit together. He's like, come on. (laughs) The law enforcement class would be over by then. The chief of police could testify. Hopefully the FBI can finish their reports then. And a month is plenty of time to go out to Kansas and talk to some people. Time to light a fire under everyone's booties and get them moving. One would think. Yeah. So Tom was kept in jail until that and then november 5th rolls all around and the prosecution provides their evidence i don't know how much more they had of it oh man they didn't they didn't really do a stellar job in the original investigation a bang up job here yeah is, but that's a good one that's a good job right a bang up job yeah oh yeah they, i said they didn't do it yeah bang up they job. didn't yeah i was like no i said it right i know you <laughs> did i wanted to make sure i had it right because i always get that confused and i yeah, was like, like you did a bang up job I like i've been saying it wrong all you have to do is remember and scream too when Sydney says to Mrs. Loomis, "He was a good boy. You did a bang up job, Mrs. Loomis." Uh, she's being sarcastic. Got it. I think that's... She, Mrs. Loomis did not, in fact, do a bang up job with she Billy didn't. Loomis. So. I think Sydney might have confused me from from the time I was a child. I she was guess being sarcastic. I guess I didn't understand sarcasm. No. Well, now you're fluent in it. (laughs) 100%. You're my actual sister. So like, hi. Anyway, so they they provide their evidence. They're like, they did not do a bang up job, like you just said. There you go. And they're like, give us a formal charge. Like, let's proceed with this murder charge. Let's go. And the judge said, no, you don't have enough evidence at all to go forth with a murder trial. You would be wasting everybody's time no lynn we're releasing tom from jail today you've had plenty of time oh man so tom spent just 90 days in jail for that assault on Lori laurie are you kidding me but just walked away from the courthouse having avoided an entire fucking murder charge so he just walked away after trying to kidnap a little girl yeah spent after leering three months in jail for how long Mm -hmm. spent three months in jail for that yeah wow and he probably wouldn't even have even spent that long in jail he just got extra time because the prosecution was trying Needed to get together. Wow, what a system. Yeah, we love it. Yeah, it's really killing it. It's so great from the start. Yeah. So, uh, I know this might shock you, but uh, Tom pretty much skipped town after spending a very short amount of time in Helper, Utah. You don't say. Yeah, he spent some time in Helper with his girlfriend, who now lived with him at the hotel, and who did live at who Did live with him at the hotel originally, too. What are you doing? Who knows? Well... At this point, she was expecting her first child oh, with Tom. No. So she didn't have, I don't think she had oh, a place to no. go. No. And, you know, like she probably didn't believe it right away. Like she's probably like, no, it couldn't be him. Oh, those are always, it's always a very, it's a, It's always a different situation that yeah. you can't really speak for. Yes. Yeah. But, fuck (laughs) what a situation so um you'll be happy to hear that things would actually not work out between the two of them i'm happy Happy for her i'm very happy for her and that child yes me too but tom would actually have the opportunity to go on to have more failed relationships more children and you know make more memories with his family that's great but I'm sure they weren't great ones because he was a piece of shite. Um, but it's just the fact that he got to go and live out the rest of his life however he fucking wanted to while he'd clearly taken somebody else's life and affected so many people's lives around him who had loved or known Loretta. And traumatized this little girl Precisely. that he tried to literally like aggressively and violently kidnap in the fucking middle of the... Yeah. It just makes me so... And then he gets to go on and be an asshole to his family that he gets to create. And his own children. Cool. I hope he treated them while well, i couldn't find anything to say he had or had not he's a piece of shit either way he sucks so loretta's parents and heidi of course were obviously affected the most loretta's parents had to become a safe space for heidi they took her in and they actually eventually ended up adopting her and heidi has said that all of her aunts and uncles became like siblings to her oh and it was so weird hearing this because like you guys became yeah. my siblings when my grandparents took me in and she said her grandmother always introduced her and she would say this is my youngest Oh, my God. And that's what Ma does. That's exactly what Ma does for me. And I was like, obviously very different situations. But I was like, I relate to you on that. Oh, and I'm really glad that she had that, too. Me, too. Unfortunately, though, her grandfather passed away from a heart attack just four years after Loretta had been killed. And the doctor said it was from stress. Oh, like the stress of the whole situation. Yeah, I'm sure. I don't know how you get through that. Yeah, I don't either. And Heidi said things changed when her grandfather died. She said, quote, once my grandpa died, it was too much for my grandma to even pursue. She was mourning the loss of her daughter than her husband. It was easier to tuck those memories away in her head. Yeah. Or excuse me, in her heart. I get it. It was like she really wanted to find justice, but it yeah. was like she's just torn apart. Well, and that's compounded grief. It's like, yeah that's really hard to break out of sometimes it and is. it's like nobody's responsibility to have to break out of it no it's, that, that must be unbelievably hard and not only is that like compounded grief I, i've never heard of that that's a beautiful way to put that thank you you're welcome but it's like two of the people you love the most oh, in yeah. your life that's your husband your partner and, and your, your child. child those are the two people that you love the most that's it yeah that's all it is that's, that's like right some there. people's world oh that's most absolutely world. i can't imagine So, but as Heidi grew up, she became more and more determined to keep her mom's memory alive. But at the same time, she was suffering from, like, horrible night terrors. Of course she was. Which was clearly a direct result from all the trauma she'd seen at such a young age. But she was strong and she was resilient. And over the years, she put together her own little case file any newspaper that she could get her hands on that featured her mom's case, she'd cut up and she would put it alongside the other ones that she'd found. Wow. She would go to the authorities with any clues or things that she'd realized through her own investigative work. And over the years, she would try to get the case reopened. She would just say like, I found out this or try to get any information. And she just kept hitting dead ends. Damn, but good for her for just like continuing to do it. Yeah. And as a young woman, like... And somebody who went through that, it's like... You you have every right in the world to just shut down that's a lot yeah that's the thing it's like i think we mentioned it's funny because i don't know why but the, the like back-to-back episodes i think we've mentioned sarah turney but it just makes me think of sarah turney yeah it does like you go through all that trauma and then you end up turning around and using it like that like Seriously. it's always amazing to me when people can do that and i'm always astounded to who those people are and like heather bish inside of their souls heather wish. bish and her parents it makes me think of these i'm like yeah. and talking to her we were like Holy you're shit. a fucking hero. Like, this is insane that you're able to take this kind of grief and this kind of trauma and turn yeah. it and work that hard to get justice. It's That's wild. a strong, strong person. Right yeah. There. Snaps to those people. Now, eventually, Heidi was ready, like, to go off to college. She'd grown up at this point. And she did go off to college. She studied business and accounting, just like Loretta had wanted to do. Hell so yeah. So I'm sure that was in her mother's memory. Yeah. She then moved out to San Jose in 1986, and she actually ended up also getting a real estate license. And she spent most of the next 20 years in California kind of doing her thing, you know? But the nightmares never stopped. The flashbacks never went away. And it was too much. So toward the end of that 20 years that she spent in California, the nightmares and the flashbacks were getting worse and worse and they were occurring more frequently. And to me, she didn't like come out and say this, but to me, it almost felt like it was like someone calling to her. Like she might, like, I feel like she felt that way. Yeah. So unfortunately, their comeback also coincided with Heidi's grandmother becoming more ill. And so one day she said, I need to move back to Utah. She not only wanted to be close to her family and specifically her grandmother, but she also told her friends as she was leaving California that it was finally time for her to be the one to solve her mother's murder all those years later. And with that, she moved back to Utah. Hell yeah, Heidi. (laughs) Everyone loves a good family mystery, especially one with as many twists and turns as June's Journey. June's Journey is a hidden object mystery game with a captivating detective story, taking you back to the glamour of the 1920s with a diverse cast of characters. It is right up my alley. You can collect scraps of information to fill your photo album and learn more about each character as you go along playing. Play as June Parker and investigate beautifully detailed scenes of the 1920s whilst uncovering the mystery of her sister murder. With hundreds of mind-teasing puzzles, the next clue is always within reach. Chat and play with or against other players by joining a detective club. You'll even get the chance to play in a detective league to put your skills to the test. One of my favorite parts of the game was creating my own estate island. I thought that was so much fun, and I also love chatting with other players. Relax and lose yourself in this captivating quest of mystery, murder, and romance. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. How well would you actually take care of your car if you had to keep the same one your entire life? That is exactly how our brains work, so why don't we treat them the exact same way? How we care for our minds affects exactly how we're going to experience life, so it's super important to invest time and care into keeping them healthy. There's plenty of ways to support a healthy brain. Learning a new language, taking power naps, and on top of that, there's also BetterHelp Online Therapy. I am such an advocate for therapy. I honestly think that therapy is for everybody. Me and Drew always joke that we're going to put our kids in it before they even have any life problems, just to have someone to talk to. It's totally different than like, you know, chatting with your best friend, like that's awesome, but you're actually talking to a professional who's going to give you some tools that you need to get through the stuff you're going through. And BetterHelp is online therapy that offers phone, video, and even live chat only set therapy sessions, so you don't have to see anybody on camera if you don't want to. It is much more affordable than in-person in therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash morbid. That is betterhelp.com slash morbid. So once she was back on Utah soil, it became her absolute mission, obviously, to take care of her grandmother, but also to get to work identifying her mother's killer once and for all, getting justice to be served. So when she first got back, she was scrolling through Facebook one day, and she realized actually that one of her friends from high school, David Brewer, was now working for the Carbon County Sheriff's Office oh damn that's a nice little connection that's a great little connection (laughs) so they reconnected when they both ended up at the same arts festival i think she like ended up there on purpose good for her (laughs) and heidi said that's when she quote unquote spilled her guts to him she told him everything that he would need to know about loretta's murder who she was as a person what had happened to her the aftermath of the whole ordeal everything and she, she said, I needed to convince him that this case was worth reopening. And she promised him that not only would she be forever grateful to him if he was able to solve this now 39-year-old murder, wow. but that she would also get a tattoo of his favorite sports team if he was able to get justice served. I'm obsessed with that. I love her. <laughs> I'm so obsessed with that. It's I funny. love it. Heidi has Boston energy. I She watched does. I watched On the Case with Paula Zahn, like this, um, that episode on this case, in addition to like reading so many things, but I saw her and I was like, you have Boston energy. Yeah. uh, You are, like, you're my friend's mom. I know this. I was going to say, I just like feel like I'm like, yeah, I get you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Your energy is just like, let's go. It's a New England energy. It is. So guess what? David Brewer agreed. And with that, he started investigating his first cold case hell yeah first cold case he ever worked on i also in the episode they point out that um heidi went through loretta's jewelry box and i think it was like a little leprechaun necklace and she gave it to him and said to david and she said like look at this and have this serve as your reminder of my mom while you're working on the case this whole thing is giving me chills by the way he still has it or at least still had it up until the point where i saw that on the case i have i have chills yeah same chills now, the problem was, though, it was incredibly hard in the beginning because everything had been lost from the original case file. That's the tough part. There was literally nothing except for an autopsy report and a very chilling crime scene photograph with Heidi standing in a doorway right in front of where her mother had been discovered, like just standing in front of the outline of her mother's body that oh had been God. like on the floor. Jesus. Yep. That photo was actually tucked in. That wasn't like a law enforcement photograph. That was like a photograph that the family had. And it was tucked into an old photo album that Heidi had at her grandparents' house. Mm-hmm. And she asked her grandma one day to take it out of the album. She was like, kind of makes me sad. Yeah. And luckily her grandmother like took it out, but was able to find it when Detective Brewer needed it. It was an odd photo to say the least, but it would become a crucial piece of evidence down the road. Ooh. So remember that. I'm going to remember it. The autopsy that they also had, which is, like, the only official thing that they had. Yeah. That picture was the family's picture. They, like, as a, as a record-keeping thing here, like, big failure. Yeah, not a bang-up job. No, thank no. you. Not. No. So the autopsy report showed that Loretta had been stabbed more than 17 times. My God. Her throat had been cut. And trigger warning, she had been raped. Oh, All while her four-year-old daughter was sleeping in her bedroom. In the next room. Like, oh. from the looks of it, this was a one-story home. My God. Now, there was a vaginal swab done, and it, like I said, did come back with semen present. But like any other evidence in this case, that vaginal swab was also lost. Oh, come on. Which is incredibly frustrating for everybody involved. Like, we could have just taken That's that. it right there. The boom, you yeah. know? Yeah. And it was incredibly frustrating for Heidi because she said over the years she felt like her mom's case had been looked past or barely paid attention to yeah, because of the fact that Loretta was a young single mother in a very conservative community that looked down on her for being unmarried and having a child. And that's bullshit. And it's like, you don't know her situation. She's a human being. Yeah, it doesn't matter. So luckily now it was 2009 and people like Detective Brewer was not somebody that was going to overlook a case because it involved an unwed single. Yeah. Like Detective Brewer is on the case. Yes. Motherfucker. So like I said, because he didn't have much to go off of, he just really tried to track down people who had somehow been connected to Loretta or the case. Mm -hmm. He even actually put an ad in the local paper asking that if anybody have information on the case to contact him. Now that turned out to be pretty difficult because a lot of the people had died by this point or they were older, they were aging and they were kind of not willing to talk because they were like, I don't want to remember some kind of important detail the wrong way. Well, that's the thing because we always say it, we've said it before, like you're always like, how do you not remember what you were doing on that day that that was happening? But then I think about it, I'm like... I don't remember what I did Monday. Like, I'm like, I don't even know what day it is today. Thank you. I was literally just going to say, like, you could tell me it was, like, zoo day today. And I'd be like, yeah, that's Yeah, day. I don't know. It's like, the, so I couldn't tell you. No, Elaine and, and I worried. have to write every last thing literally, down at this point in our lives. Like, we've become geriatric. Oh, yeah. We have scheduled out every last second of our day. Because otherwise, I just have no idea what's going on No, and we at have any it given time. In, like, five different places, yeah. it feels like. I, like, put it on my door as I'm walking out. Yeah, so I get it that, like people especially like 40 years plus you know yeah. past the case you're like yeah i can't I'm say for sure. sure what i was doing on that day or what i saw or how i saw it like i can understand that they're also like brother it was the 70s you think my yeah. memory outstood that i was uh on was, a space level smoking and talking so. <laughs> on a space level <laughs> if you don't get that you don't get it if you know you know that i always read that as ick yick <laughs> if you know you know Ichi- i do too actually okay, every cool. time that i see it i for a second i was like what then i was like yep, yep. awesome <laughs> all right back to the story so nobody really wanted to say too much because they were like i we don't remember it's been so yeah. long or they died tom attorneys uh, tom's attorney excuse me hatch had passed away and so had the prosecuting attorney uh keller Oof. so both of the lawyers involved in this yeah. are also now deceased this is tough But one person that Brewer was able to get in touch with was that girlfriend of Tom's who was pregnant and living with him at the Newhouse Hotel right as the murder had happened. Oh, damn. Now, at first, she really didn't want to talk too much. She said she really didn't remember much from the night. And just like everybody else, she really didn't want to remember something incorrectly. But with a little pressing, she did start to become more and more willing. I think Detective Brewer sensed that she knew something and was willing to kind of push a little bit. Makes sense. And it worked. She ended up having a uh, pretty helpful memory of the night. She said that the night that Loretta had been killed, Tom actually came home very late, technically the morning after, because it was somewhere between three and four when he returned. Oh, wow. Which is weird, because remember, he left that bar around midnight. Yep. Strange. So where was he? i don't know now he immediately took off all of his clothing uh but not before his girlfriend noticed that there was red and pink spots all over his shirt he bagged all of it up tossed it by the front door and told his girlfriend that if she needed any laundry to be done gather it up and leave it by the door because i'm going to be heading to the laundromat later today whoa what a nice guy well no she said that is something that he literally never offered to do i'm pretty sure she was like he knows how to do laundry like that's crazy now, once he bagged up his clothing, he got straight into the bathtub and soaked in there for a bit. Some sources will tell you that he got into the bath with all of his clothes on and then bagged them up later to take them to the laundromat, just to share both points of view. I did see it more often that he bagged his clothes up before taking a bath, which kind of makes, makes more sense. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, just giving you all viewpoints here. Well, and also nothing he does makes sense. So exactly. it, it would be, I'd be like, yeah, he probably did get Could in the bath both. with all his clothes on. Yeah. Well, either way, who knows. But he did go to the laundromat later that morning, and he was actually spotted by somebody who worked across the street at another business. The person who saw him said that he was standing next to a smoking trash barrel. Oh. And I'm sure you'll be shocked to hear that when he got home later that day, his girlfriend said he was missing some of the clothing clothing items that he had gone to the laundromat with. Oh, weird. And when she said, hey, why are you missing that clothing that you went to the laundromat with? He said... Oh, I, I threw it out because there were some holes in it. Yeah. It got holes in it on the way to the laundromat. Yeah. Mm-hmm, that yeah. happens. Now, something that might be striking you right now is that earlier, I told you Tom handed some clothes over to the police so that they yeah. could test them. He said, these are the clothes I was wearing that night. Here you go. Yeah. Um, no. If what his girlfriend and the person who had seen him seemingly burning his clothes next to the laundromat said was true, then that clothing that he gave to police Probably didn't have anything on it. Probably, excuse me, definitely wasn't even the clothing that he was wearing that night. Of course. Not shocking that there was nothing found on it. It wasn't what he was wearing. Yeah, of course. So irritating. Now, a huge, huge, massive break in the case came when Detective Brewer was not only able to track down one of the court reporters on the original case, but also one of the responding officers who was on scene the day that Loretta was discovered. Detective Brewer getting shit yeah. done like him and heidi dream, dream team Dr- actual dream team so the cro- the court reporter first thought that she actually didn't have any of the transcripts left from the original case but she did say that she remembered it because it was the first case that she had reported on oh wow so later she ended up finding the transcripts tucked away but like she saved them because it was a special case to her but it took her years to find them oh wow now, all while this was all while Detective Brewer was chasing down other leads and he was just sitting in his office one day and this like co-worker of his poked his head in and was like, hey, like some lady just dropped some stuff off for you. And at that point, he's like, I have no idea what you're talking <laughs> yeah, about. Like, OK, but it was a freaking jackpot because obviously it ended up being the court transcripts and he was able to look through them once he got them. And he noticed right away that there were certain pieces of of information that had been looked over in the original investigation. That's so frustrating. And one of the main things that he thought was strange was that Heidi was never considered a witness because she was so young. Like, obviously, she was very young, but she found the body and was there the night that her mother had been killed and remembered things that she had heard. And was freely talking about it. Yeah, exactly. You would think they'd at least take some of that down and be you like, all, think, all right, Now, something to note is that the original investigators actually asked around town hearing if anybody heard screams that night. And they asked Heidi, too. They said, like, did you hear your mom yelling or screaming or saying anything? Nobody had heard anything, not even Heidi. So they believed that Loretta was trying to say as quiet as she could so that Heidi wouldn't come running out into harm's way. Oh, that hurts my heart even more. Mom, dude. Like, Like, that is a mom. To keep her safe. As she's, I mean, she was stabbed 17 times and her throat was slashed. And unfortunately, she was also raped. Like, to stay quiet enough through all of that that her daughter didn't hear anything except for Tom saying he was going to kill her. Just to try to save her daughter's life. Like, I want her to stay in a room. I don't want this monster to find her. Seriously. Oh. Seriously. Seriously. Oh my God, that's like chilling. It is. Now, Detective Brewer, going through this, going through these transcripts, was also able to determine that the attempted abduction of Lori Kulo happened sometime around 9 p.m. and found out that the murder actually occurred sometime around 10. So, since the Kulos lived like mere blocks away from the Joneses, the timeline worked out. But the weirdest thing to me, though, is like, okay, like if the murder happened around 10, that makes sense because Tom was a couple blocks away. Why didn't he return home? until three or four that morning. Mm. He left that highway rendezvous bar around 12. He must have gone somewhere else. That yeah. we just don't know. Where did he go? I don't know. Now, the biggest discovery, though, of all, came when Detective Brewer was finally able to speak to that first responding officer, Barry Bryner. Barry Briner told Brewer that he and at least one other person noticed that Loretta's hand was lying in a pool of her own blood, and that right next to that pool of blood... They could make out the letters t and o written in blood like she was trying to spell out the name of her (gasps) attacker after he had left oh my god so they blow this photo up the one that i mentioned where heidi's standing in front of the crime scene it was undeniable you can and i saw it with my own eyes you can see i was gonna say grab your phone yeah you can see that she clearly had written t and o Oh like my God. As she's laying there bleeding out, she had the wherewithal to spell out her attacker's name. That's unbelievable to and me. And it was missed in the original investigation. How did they miss that? Come on. I have no idea. And it's also of note that in some sources, it will say that um, a woman who lived with Heidi and Loretta, like during that time, knew that she had spelled out Tom's name. It's, like, written in some sources, but the whole story doesn't make a lot of sense. So, in my opinion, it was that Brewer got this information from Briner. And I think it's oh, gotten okay. a little bit mixed up over the years. Yeah. So, But if you read more about this case, I do want to let you to know to look out for that. I'm not sure how true that is. Yeah. This this explanation makes a lot more sense. I'm just, like, astounded. Do you see the photo? No, I haven't found the photo yet. If I um, can't find the actual photo of you, I'll show you the clip where they show it on the, um, yeah. Amazon on the case. It's insane. That's wild. Like... How do you miss that? How? How? So it was now time to track down Mr. Tom Egley. Yeah, Where let's get him. Was he at? So they were able to find him. He was living out in Rocky Ford, Colorado, now in his late 70s, by the way. Oh, let's let's fuck his world up. Let's go. Oh, honey. I'm ready. Oh, honey you got a big storm coming. yeah you do It is a big fucking storm so detective brewer goes out to rocky ford colorado to talk to him and it is clear that tom is nervous as fuck but trying to remain nonchalant oh as yeah nonchalant as he can now when detective brewer got there he said he goes do you remember all those years ago a woman you dated ended up murdered and tom said yeah i remember that i was like dating a woman who got murdered um i don't what was her name though oh my god you don't know her fucking name you're an actual piece of and shit he said, dude I, you know i really can't re- recall too many details about that case but yeah. but i do know yeah i did date a woman who was brutally murdered yeah it's tough to remember people you date who get murdered yeah but so, yeah i could see why that would slip your mind totally he yeah. says he says that and he doesn't remember too much about that um but he did say i do know the day she was killed i did go window shopping and have a couple drinks and i also ate a hamburger oh you do remember that okay cool yeah R, you can't remember yeah. this woman's name but you recall everything else about a day that is now nearing over 40 years later you remember you went window shopping you remember my guy your fucking alibi yeah That's exactly what you remember because it's been repeated in your head now for 40 years exactly you fucking piece of shit wow So Detective Brewer asks a couple more questions, just trying to get this guy to fucking tick. So he said, you know, Tom, like, what do you think should happen if, like, we're getting pretty close to finding this guy? Like, what do you think, what do you think we should do with him when we find him? And Tom said, it kind of depends. Like, it depends on if that guy has killed anybody else. (laughs) Okay. What? Yeah. Like, you get, you get a pass with one. One free murder. Yeah, just one free murder. Are you kidding me right now? Are you shitting me? If he hasn't killed anyone else, then, you know, I I mean, what are we we splitting hairs about here? It's like, are you kidding me? For real. My dude. The answer was telling. Yeah. So with that, Detective Brewer reiterated how determined he and Loretta's daughter, Heidi, were to get this case solved. And they were getting close. And he said, bye, Tom. (laughs) Have a good day. So apparently, Brewer's visit shook Tom up so badly. Good. Later that same day, or that week, he was sitting with his neighbor, Lisa Carter, and he said... Would you be able to take care of my dogs if I have to go away for a while? Oh, my God. Tom. Stop. Fucking Tom. Stop it. So back in Utah, Detective Brewer was actually heading to this big conference a conference or a summit where he was going to be presenting Loretta's case and kind of just seeing, like, what other detectives suggested the next steps could be. Yeah. Like, just, you know, getting more eyes on it. Yeah. And at the conference, a couple people suggested it might be smart to have as as awful as it could be, to have her body exhumed and see if you can test for any kind of lingering evidence. Yeah. I mean, it seems like it, when you're hitting all these dead ends, that really is That's unfortunately kind of the only, only door place to go. To go through. So this thought absolutely horrified Loretta's mother. And she was like, absolutely not. Like, I do not want that to happen. That goes against my wishes. Okay. And so they put it off for a while. And unfortunately, Loretta's mother died in May of 2015. Oh, Now, about a year later, in July of 2016, Brewer kind of floated the idea past Heidi again and said, like, you know, like, I think it could help if we exhumed the body. Her response was, get me a shovel. I'll help dig. Oh, my God, Heidi. I love Heidi. She literally said she was like, I'm willing to do. I don't care what I have to do. I'm finding out who did this. Like, they respected the mother. Yeah. Yeah. And that was that was a good thing to do. And of it's course. like now it's up to Heidi. Now it's up to Heidi. Definitely. And I said to find the guy who did this. They know who did this. Yeah. To get this mother- to nail in him. jail. Yeah. So before exhuming the body, they had the idea to make the exhumation incredibly public. So that word would make its way over to an already nervous. Tom. Oh, my God. Yes. They publicized the shit out of this. They made sure that it would hopefully get him to confess. But unfortunately, when Loretta's body was exhumed, they weren't able to get any DNA because there was water damage uh, to oh, her coffin no. that basically destroyed any evidence oh. they could have gotten. There probably was evidence there, but, but water, water, water damage. It. it didn't matter though, because. Tom Egley was sinking his own ship some 500 miles away. Of course he was. Yeah. Detective Brewer had visited him twice by at this point. Once to ask those few questions that we just talked about, and a second time to let him know that there were plans to exhume the body. Like, just letting you know. I know you dated her. Just letting you know. You know? So just letting an old friend in on some investigative work. Of course. Now, after Tom heard that Loretta's body was going to be exhumed, He went over to his neighbor, Lisa, again, making sure that she'd be able to take care of his dogs if he, again, had to go away for a while. But this time, he had another question for her. He said, "'How long do you think that DNA lasts on a body?' And she was like, I don't really know, Tom. Like, why are you asking me that? She's like, wow, I was just going to ask you, like, what the weather report is for tomorrow morning because yeah. I want to go fishing. What's what, going on? What are your plans? <laughs> like, what weekend? are your plans? Right. Jesus. And not only did he say, like, how long do you think DNA can last on a body? He specifically inquired how long semen would stay present. Like, you are not being innocuous, Tom. What kind of fucking neighbor is this? Like, if my neighbor started asking me, like, how long do you think semen can last on a dead body? I'd be like... I'm moving. Like, I'd be like, I need yeah. to leave. Like, whoa. Like, I'm calling someone. That's... Lisa, Lisa did call somebody. Good job, Lisa. Because Lisa. I'd be like, I'm calling someone immediately. I yeah. don't know who I'm calling, but the I'm calling someone. The authorities. Lisa <laughs> called them. Yeah. She said, hello, authorities. Holy shit. I'm pretty sure you have your guy. Like, who just asks that and thinks no one's going to think that's weird as fuck? Like... That's the thing. I'm like, Tom. (laughs) What? I I guess he really trusted Lisa. They must have been, like, really good friends. Because this this does happen, like kind of frequently, I guess. Yeah, that's real weird. It's weird. I <laughs> think Good it's... job, Lisa, though, for calling the authorities. Fuck yeah, Lisa, for Don't the win. sit on that shit. She did not. She said, 911, I have a hello, <laughs> And she even offered to record their next conversation. She was like, fucking Lisa. She was like, he's coming over here a lot saying weird shit. You want me to get some of this on, on tape? Look at these badass women I here. know. Heidi I know. is killing it. Lisa's like, I'll go under a wire if you want. Like, fuck yeah. Like, maybe I picked this case for a reason. Like, this is like, so i'm like hell yeah, yeah i want them all to win this yeah because loretta was such a fucking badass yeah she dude, was you that's know that's the thing and so, like good, we got we got brewer here yeah we got a good man we got a good man here i love it we have a lucky leprechaun as well like Ugh. irish as fuck i love it i love all this is gonna end well i feel it maybe i feel it i hope please i hope so too please give it to me so the investigators agree they say that would be highly beneficial to the investigation because at this point we know he's our guy but it's not looking like we're going to get anything definitive to prove it like, yeah, here, like, we're definitely not. And we don't know what to do. But we fucking know that this is our guy. Oh, absolutely. So they were like, Okay, if you're willing to do that, what we'd like to do is we'd like to prepare a script of questions to kind of guide Tom into uh, this conversation about Loretta about Mm -hmm. the murder, what happened. Oh, man, this would be scary. I know, I know. So one day Tom comes over and Lisa has already, like, she knows he's coming over. So she has her cell phone set up on the voice memo thing, I'm pretty sure. Like, she recorded it on her cell Hell phone, yeah. Inconspicuously, I'm sure. Yeah. And they got to talking. And the script of questions... The, oh my God, sorry. I was swallowing at the same time <laughs> that I said that. The script of questions was evidently very helpful. because oh, good. Tom cracked, like, a fucking sunny side <gasps> up egg. And he just made... A full confession to Lisa and said, I don't remember stabbing her, but I did cut her throat. Holy shit. You just like, and imagine Lisa, I don't know how long she had lived next to Tom or however long they lived in the neighborhood near each other. A murderer has been hanging out with you for the past god knows how long. Shooting the shit. And you're sitting in your safe space home right now, and this man just says, I don't remember stabbing her, but I did cut her throat. Like, how do you react? How do you not react? Like, how do you not be like, huh? Like, I'd be like, oh, my God. I'd be like like standing in front of any possible weapon that he could gain access to. That's so horrifying. Must be so scary. He also, he went on, there was more for him to tell her. He said to Lisa that he didn't rape Loretta, that they had consensual sex. I don't believe you. That that story would later change. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't believe you, you fucking monster. Piece of shit. He said that after he killed Loretta, with his pocket knife, by the way, that was the weapon, that he quickly left and he tossed the knife into the Price River nearby. And then he went to have a bite to eat. Why do they always do that? You just took somebody's mother took somebody's daughter took somebody's sister and that made you hungry that yeah. gave you an appetite you hear about this way too often that after these horrible things they're like and then i just went and had something to eat at like a fast food place and it's like yeah what it's like the brenda sue schaefer case that like he went to some yeah some restaurant that like everybody loves it's like a chili place oh there's several it's like what yeah what i can't i hate it now down the road he would later say that the reason he killed loretta and i'm sure you already know was because she refused to have sex with him that yeah night. because wow. she has a right to have sex with whoever the fuck she wants to and has a right to not have sex with who she doesn't want to fucking but you pig. don't think she does so when she said no she got up to do something in the kitchen probably being extremely uncomfortable and kind of trying to give yeah. the message like yeah this night's over. And Tom, that left Tom sitting on the living room couch, obviously stewing. And when she came back, he attacked her and said that he then, quote unquote, had sex with her, which you, you raped didn't. her, you raped piece her. of shit. But he wasn't sure whether she was dead or not. He said he literally said that uh, yeah, I have no words. Yeah. So Tom Eggley was arrested by U.S. Marshals on August 18th, 2016, 46 days, excuse me, 46 years and 20 days after he had killed Loretta Jones i can't believe he got away with it for that long he got to live his life he got to make memories with his children maybe if he was present in their lives he just he got to make his own fucking memories for 46 years and 20 days while this family had to sit there knowing full well that this guy did this oh yeah but not being able to get any kind of justice and while loretta is laying in a box in the ground yeah and heidi is having to spend her entire life dedicated dedicated to this. this yeah exactly So he was arrested, thank goodness, and he was extradited back to Carbon County on August 26th, and that November, he was convicted on charges of, unfortunately, second-degree murder, and he, unfortunately, also took a plea deal that took the rape charge off the table, which, this is going to infuriate you. He was ultimately sentenced to 10 years to life in prison. 10 years to life. Like, luckily, there's a the life part of it all. But I'm like, and luckily, so, he's old as fuck. Why like, are we even doing the 10 year thing, though? Come like, come on. on. It's just he brutally raped and murdered a, a young mother in her home. Exactly. So I can answer why that was the charge. It was because they had to go by what the laws were back in 1970. Oh, when this took I didn't place. even think of that. I didn't actually realize that you had to do that. Wow. I don't think we've covered a case where that's happened that we knew of. That's wild. I didn't know that was a thing. I, I honestly didn't either. You could go by today's standards. That's really wild. It is. And I mean, that that dude tried to abduct a little girl right before this. Like, yeah. gee, what would he have done to that little girl? Well, and what did he do for the rest of his life that we just don't know about? Yeah, it's like there's no way this guy's just stopped and lived a normal, like, wholesome existence. No. That's not what happened. Be- and that's the thing, because what were you going to do to this little girl? No one did I'm... to Loretta, what were you going to do to that's a little girl? Like, he. I am horrified to think about what his plans were for yeah. that little girl yeah for Lori, and it's like i it, for us not to even take that into account right what, it, even the first time around right is insane to me like the fact that he just got out of there in like three months it's a, it's after like bullshit. it's like you guys literally don't know what his plans were no. he probably had this horrific she wasn't gonna get out of that it's just like it's very similar to like attempted, attempted murder. murder it's just like you didn't get away with it you, you failed still be charged as though you were going to murder someone exactly that was your plan it just you didn't just, work it just somehow it just, didn't work thankfully but if you'd gone the way you wanted it to it would have worked right that's oh. what your mind was thinking, so that's what the charge should be. It makes me very angry. But obviously, like we can't prove what somebody's yeah. mind was thinking. It's just really fucking irritating. And what else is uh, really irritating too is that he got the chance to address the judge, which I feel like they shouldn't even be able to do in cases like this. Like nobody no one, cares what you fucking have to say. No one cares about your apologies, no one cares about your excuses, no, no. one cares about any of it. Nobody I don't want to how you feel like I don't point. wanna hear anything coming out of your face. And nothing you say is gonna bring my loved one back, so shut your fucking pipe. Yeah. Hole. Is that what pipe hole? Pie hole, pie hole, pie hole, pie hole. -hole. (laughs) Wow, gosh. All right. Anyways, (laughs) oh gosh. So (laughs) he got to address the judge, Judge George harmond and he said, "I don't understand why they're going back to something that happened in 1970, 46 years ago." Oh my god. uh probably because the something you're referring to was a brutal crime that not only took a woman's life, but took a mother away from her young child, a daughter and sister away from her family, and you just got to live out the rest of your fucking life like nothing ever happened tom you killed a woman like you don't understand why we're going back to the murder that you completed uh 46 years ago you raped and murdered a woman and i want to know tom i want to know if somebody raped and murdered somebody in your family if you would like them to get away with it because Because why are we going back i wonder if you would feel that same way if the rules were reversed you piece of fucking cow dung god like what i can't is this i thing? can't and what then, is this thing oh and then to add insult to injury he fucking told the judge that he was not satisfied with having to serve his time in utah and thought that he actually deserved to be held in a facility closer to his home so that he could see visitors easily and more frequently get fucked tom like yeah dude how does it feel being taken away from your family too you don't like that so much huh i'm sure your family doesn't want to see your dumb ass anyways so like get out of here it's not fair it's not fair no one gives a shit yeah no one gives a shit it's not fair that you did what you did to an entire group of people it's like you know what tom die mad okay bye for real bye now Obviously, like we were just saying, 10 years does not seem like a very long time for a fucking murder sentence. But luckily, almost everybody involved in this case is pretty sure that he's going to die and spend his last days in jail because he was 76 years old when he was convicted. Damn. So uh, here's to hoping. Yeah. Now, Heidi was able to make a victim impact statement, and she stared Tom Eggly down in this courtroom. He yeah. wouldn't even look at her. He wouldn't even raise his head to look at her. Coward. Which I think they should be made to. Yeah. He, uh, she said to him, my mom was my hero that terrible night. She never screamed nor made a sound. She did everything she had to prevent me from coming out of my room. How does that make you feel, Tom Eggly, knowing that you left a four-year-old little girl all alone in the next room to find her mother's bloody and lifeless body? Jeez. Wouldn't even fucking look at her piece of shit. And she said that if he is ever up for parole, she will be there. She specifically said if Tom is ever eligible for parole, I will be at the parole hearing to make sure he never walks as a free man again. I want to be in his face as much as possible to remind him of what he did to my mom and why he's sitting where he's sitting. It's to remind him. I was a four-year-old little girl when he did what he did to my mom. My mom was a human being yes which i course. got such huge chill bumps reading that Heidi's a badass and I you know her. what if this fucker ever gets up for parole i i'll, I'll be there. i was gonna say i want to be there i will clear like, my fucking schedule and i will be i there. will start a damn petition to make sure that guy stays in jail he deserves to rot i will be right behind heidi yeah, if that happens absolutely now on a lighter note luckily now that tom is away in prison bye Heidi did end up getting that tattoo that she promised her old detective brewer she would get. She ended up getting uh, like something on her leg to represent the Oakland Raiders. His oh favorite my god! Team. <laughs> what a badass she is! And obviously, having Tom behind bars and knowing that justice has finally been served is absolutely everything to Heidi. Yeah, she said it's like a dream come true. After forty six years and telling my story over and over and over again, finally, not only is he caught, he confesses. I've known it all my life. I've always known it. My story has never changed. No. And she still visits Loretta's grave in Elmo, Utah, quite frequently. Oh, but at the time that Detective Brewer took on Loretta's case, it was the longest running cold case in Utah state history. Holy shit. I believe it. Yeah. And like I I think I mentioned before, it was his first cold case. I know that and he solved it. Like what, a, like, what a case to work damn. on. And obviously, we know a very small percentage of cold cases end up getting solved. Yeah. But this one just goes to prove one of Heidi's most important mottos the entire way through. As long as there's hope, there's a chance. Yep. There's never a case where it's, this is never going to be solved. No. I don't think this is ever going to be solved. Never. But, look at that. As like, long look at as that. there's hope, there's a chance. And I yeah. think that's so beautiful. And like, just a good motto for everything in yeah, life. Yeah, Not course. just true crime and getting justice served, but everything. Yeah. And it's like, with these cases, you just, it's true. It doesn't matter that things have deteriorated or evidence has been lost. There's always a fucking thread to pull. There is. Somewhere. You just got to find the right people. To pull the right threads mm-hmm. and to not give up on it. Exactly. And this is a perfect example of it. It really is. Wow. What a, f- what a case. That is the case of Loretta Jones and her absolute rock star of a daughter. Yeah, absolutely. Heidi. Like, damn. Wow. Heidi, you're Just, a badass. I, I, this case like moved me, and I hope you're thriving. She, uh, you know, yeah. she is. she's Heidi. Yeah, and I think did I already say that um, Detective Brewer still has that leprechaun? Oh hanging, yeah, which, I love that. Which was like what Heidi gave him in the beginning. I That's love. That's so cool. It's wow. Crazy such a wild case from start to finish that was a truly harrowing case it was and with that guys we hope you keep listening and we hope you keep it weird weird. Not that's where that you go on the run for 46 years and then when you finally got caught you say i don't even understand why i'm here why should i have to serve justice for a woman's life that i took fuck you tom you piece of shit die mad tom bye Follow Morbid on the Wondery app, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to episodes early and ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com slash survey. Hey, weirdos. We have a ton of episodes that we think you will just love. But if you scroll down the feed just a bit, there's one we think you should definitely check out if you missed it. Episode 531, Tom Bird and Lorna Anderson Eldridge, is one of our favorite episodes. And you might even get a little bit more out of it, especially in light of the viral TikTok series. Who the Fuck did I marry that is taking the internet by storm. Here's the deal, you guys. Tom Bird and Lorna Anderson, they wanted to spend their lives together. But there was a catch. They were already married to other people. So they did as deviants do, and they devised a mischievous and murderous plan to rid themselves of their respective spouses. But just how far were they willing to go with their lies? And would they get away with it? You can find this episode by following Morbid and scrolling back a little bit to episode 531, Tom Bird and Lorna Anderson Eldridge, or by searching Morbid Bird Anderson wherever you listen to podcasts.